What's up, y'all? You're listening to the Extra Point College Football Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Carnes, joined as always by my co-host, Daniel Hammock. Daniel, we are talking about the best units in college football, so rather than an All-America team, because you can get really in the weeds there and pretty subjective with players, and it's preseason, but we're looking at, hey, what are the best units in all of college football? Who is the deepest room at each position, best and deepest, best units in college football? So excited to talk about this one. Yeah, this is good. Um, kind of good barometer of, you know, when you're picking games, you can kind of look out for, oh, this team's got the best defensive line in the country, or this team can really, you know, run the ball well. They've got several great running backs or, you know, obviously quarterback rooms. We're talking about death, Jacob, this time. We're not talking about just one guy. So uh, some rooms are different than others because they might have three guys who could be the starter. But uh, this is always fun to talk about and just kind of gauge our interest as we, we go into the season, um, you know, who might be susceptible to injury, who might be able to overcome it a little bit. Um, this is a good good way to kind of, you know, quantify those teams out there. Quarterback will definitely be the toughest, I think, for people to understand just because, you know, one quarterback plays in the field at one time versus, you know, a defensive line got three or four out there at one time. So, but we are going to talk rooms. So not just starters, proven depth as well. Um, let's kick it off, Daniel. Let's start on defense. Everybody starts on offense. Let's give the defensive guys some love. Let's start on defense. Let's go ahead and go to that defensive line. Um, our top three defensive lines in the country are one, Georgia, two, Alabama, and three, Ohio State. Daniel, overall thoughts? On those three teams, kind of why we have them, one, two, three, who are some names to look out for? Yeah, I think um, first thing, I mean, if we're talking about the best the best team, we're talking about Georgia, that defensive line, um, a lot can go, you know, you, they lose Jalen Carter off the defensive line. Obviously, two years ago, they had several guys with, you know, Jordan Davis and everybody like that, Devontae Wyatt. This team um, has a really good one that's, had guys who have started and been, you know, developed along the way. Uh, Nazir Stackhouse, Warren Brinson, uh, two defensive tackles that can just get after it. They both played multiple years. They're both seniors this year. You've also got Michael Walker, who, um, I mean, he played, uh, Michael Williams, excuse me, who played last year as, um, you know, true freshman, which is a big deal in this defense, played the whole season. It looks like he's probably primed to have a big pop year. Um, many are expecting him to be, you know, in the running for, you know, a lot of those awards on the defensive side of the ball, um, you know, big time sacks, that kind of thing. Um, you know, he's 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 someone who's kind of modeled after that Trevon Walker from a few years ago who was a first, first overall pick. Um you know, kind of going through, I mean, obviously we talked about Ohio State. They're number three. The name value, JT Tuamulau, Jack Sawyer, a couple guys who could be potential double-digit sack guys. Um, you know, this is a a good group there, um, deep and talented. And um, I guess I didn't mention Alabama, but they obviously uh, deep as well. Um, and we're talking about the whole room. They've got guys – behind their starters that are very good. Um, so, yeah, just all three rooms, pretty solid. Yeah, just Justin uh, Obagi, Ob, Ob, Obagbi, 
Alabama uh, senior Jaheim Otis. Looks like he's taking a pretty big step forward um, this offseason as like that nose tackle in the Bama defense. Tim Smith, Dallas Turner kind of plays, you know, he plays more of a defensive end. We'll see if he moves into that Will Anderson role um, this year. Damon Payne, I mean, you know, Bama has a 90% blue chip ratio. They're going to be deep at every position. Um, no surprise there. Ohio State has a couple of sophomores as well that I wanted to highlight. Um, Hero Canoe and Caden Curry. And so both of those highly rated recruits last year, full year under the Jim Null system. The, look, they got a lot of juniors that I think, I mean, this is their contract year. They were highly rated recruits. Last year was their first year in this defense, and a couple of guys popped. Is this the year where it really all comes together? I'm kind of betting on that. Um, they've got a lot of depth there. Georgia, you talked about, I mean, is Georgia. You, you mentioned all the names. It's it's Georgia. It's a defensive position group, and uh, no surprise that we've got them at one there. Linebacker. This is going to get boring, Daniel. Georgia, one. Um, <laughs> Clemson, two. LSU, LSU, three. You know, you and I talked about when we put together this list that Clemson might, might have a better one, two than Georgia, but man, three, four, five, and six. I mean, Georgia's got six guys that I think could start most places in the country, um, especially at inside linebacker, which is that room's just insane right now. Um, and then LSU at three. So LSU, obviously highlighted by Harold Perkins. He's kind of a do it all player. They can put him anywhere on the defense. He can rush the passer from the edge. You know, spy a quarterback like he did um, against Alabama, kind of in a big game last year. Um, and just a special talent at linebacker. They've got depth there as well. So all three of the teams are deep. All three of the teams have proven like commodities as starters as well. Georgia being the deepest kind of gives them the edge uh, there at one. Any other players you wanted to highlight of that linebacker grouping? Yeah, like you mentioned with LSU, obviously that. Harold Perkins leading the team in sacks last year, kind of changing to more of the inside, full-time inside backer. Uh, they tailored the defense to him last year. Greg Penn, the third for LSU, led the team in tackles. Um, and so he's coming back, uh, you know, but as as we talked about with, with Clemson, you know, Barrett Carter and Jeremiah Trotter Jr., you really put those guys up against anybody. Both of those guys are going to be top NFL draft picks next year. Um, you would imagine. Uh, so I guess Jeremiah Trotter Jr. this year and then Barrett Carter the next year because he's going to be a sophomore this year, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, they both can fly to the ball. They're going to pop on tape. But, yeah, with Georgia, um, Jamon Dumas-Johnson, Pop Johnson, he's um, this guy who can, you know, kind of call the defense, get everybody set. Smile Munden's injured right now, but it looks like he's going to come back. He's immensely talented. A guy that we've heard a lot about recently is Xavier Sori, who is that five-star coming out of IMG um, a few years back, and I believe he's rising junior this year. He hasn't really even seen the field yet. Um, there's raving reviews about him. And then, oh, yeah, you look at the freshman that they just brought in with, you know, Raylan Wilson – C.J. Allen, Troy Bowles, uh, you know, three of the top five inside linebackers in the country as far as the recruiting uh, rankings go. So um, just some guys you saw them pop in the uh, in the spring game as well. So, you know, when you talk about a room, I mean, 
I think it's an embarrassment of riches in Athens right now. Well, speaking of embarrassment of riches in Athens, let's go to let's go to defensive back where our top three units we've got. Well, we've got we've got Georgia at one. Um, we've got Penn State at two. Iowa at three. Daniel, I think that there's a reason why Georgia's win total might be at eleven and a half. They're they're the only team in the country with an eleven and a half win total. Part of it's the schedule, but and the defense is just deep. I mean, and then Penn State and Iowa thoughts on uh, on those groups and why we chose them. Yeah, so with Georgia, um, they're they're obviously immensely talented. Uh, Kamari Lasser is going to be one of those guys that's probably going to be a, a potential first round pick next year at corner. Um, he started last year alongside Keely Ringo. They lose Ringo. They've got a host of blue chip guys trying to take his spot um, opposite of Kamari Lasseter, but uh, Javon Bullard, who was the MVP of defensive MVP of both uh, playoff games last year for Georgia, he's back and he's moved from that star position to a safety position. Um, you know, and then Malachi Starks, that impressive freshman we saw last year, he's going to be a sophomore. And they've just got some some real guys in the mix there. Um, but, yeah, like you mentioned, Penn State. Um, I mean, Keaton Ellis, he's a phenomenal safety. Uh, Kalen King at corner. Uh, just a couple guys to, to name a few. Um, and then, yeah, Iowa. I mean, this team was a number one, you know, top defense last year. Um, they bring basically everybody back in that secondary and uh, that group really helped <laughs> helped out that poor offense in doing what they need to do to win games last year. Um, they had an unreal amount of picks. Um, so I definitely they need to be on the list. Yeah, Cooper DeGene had five interceptions last year. He led the team um, for, for Iowa. Kalen King, you mentioned, I think he'd start anywhere in the country. I think he might be the best. I mean, he's one of the best corners in the country. And then, dude, Georgia's just so deep. I mean – Heck, uh, you know, something out of camp today was that A.J. Harris are running with the ones today, and we didn't even mention him. He's a true mm-hmm. freshman. So uh, I'm sure there's some some practice stuff going on there, but, man, Georgia's deep. All right, so to recap the defense, defensive line, we've got Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State. Linebackers, Georgia, Clemson, LSU. Defensive back, Georgia, Penn State, and Iowa. Let's move on to the offense. So quarterback. Again, I will emphasize that this is – Quarterback room. So obviously, Caleb Williams is the best quarterback in the country. That you know, no argument from us there, right? But man, you know, we've got USC at three because Caleb Williams is good enough to get him to three and Malachi Nelson. Um, but we've got Texas at one, LSU at two because man, Texas and they showed it in the spring. You've got two of the three quarterbacks that were rated. Perfect scores coming out of high school in Quinn Ewers and Arch Manning. Um, and Arch Manning's running with the threes. Um, and, you know, at LSU, you've got Jaden Daniels and Garrett Nussmeyer. Garrett Nussmeyer might be better. Daniels was playing and played very well last year. Um, Daniel, I, I'm going to, I'm getting mad here. Second quarterback at Texas, Malik Murphy. Thank you. I'm like MM. I'm sitting here going MM. Oh my goodness. I Holy do this Murphy. all the time. Thank you. Um they're just deep. They like they're three deep. I think Texas can win with any of those three quarterbacks. That's why I have them at one. Um 
Same thing with LSU. You can eat with either of them at two. USC, now kind of unproven, but Caleb Williams is the best player in the country. So right. they're up there, but that's why we have, we don't think Caleb Williams is the third best quarterback in the country. Of course not. We think USC's room is the third best in the country. That's where this really comes into play. We're talking about units. We're talking about the room. And if you just want to do it this way, it's three, two, one. You've got three elite type quarterbacks at Texas. You've got two at LSU and you've got one at, at USC. Obviously we yet to see with Malachi Nelson, but um, yeah, I think with those first two, especially with LSU and Texas, I think I read something this week with uh, with a Texas insider saying there's belief in that room that if Quinn Ewers was to get hurt, that Malik Murphy would never leave the field again. And so that's something to really like take and just understand that this there's a lot of belief in him, and he's somebody who everybody forgets about, obviously – we both have those kinds of those moments <laughs> I where forgot we can't about remember, him. but we respect him. We can't always put the name together, but uh, Arch Manning rolls off the tongue a little easier. But I mean, Arch, like you said, is running with the threes. So really that shows just the strength of this team. But I mean, I do think when yours is going to be one of those guys, that's a, you know, elite type uh, player when it's, when it's all said and done at Texas and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I believe what they said at Texas to be true. Also at LSU, if Garrett Nussmeyer was to go in for an injured Jaden Daniels, part of me thinks he wouldn't come off the field even when Jaden Daniels is healthy because I think that offense would just keep running as expected because they both do the same sim- or similar things. So they both can run, throw on the run, that kind of thing. Um, and I think that you just ride the hot hand whoever's healthy. So good situations to have. It's not one of these – if you've got two quarterbacks, you've got zero. That doesn't make any sense. They've got three and two quarterbacks, and then obviously Caleb Williams, one of the best that we've seen, definitely the best in this in the country this year. Running back, we had some debate on. Running back, we've got Michigan at one, Penn State at two, Ole Miss at three. Daniel, thoughts on those three position groups? Yeah, I think Michigan has to be on this list um, because of what Blake Corum did last year. And then upon his injury, you know, Donovan Edwards, who was just good in in, bat, in mop-up duty throughout the year, or at least, you know, getting those secondary reps, really took center stage, especially as they went, you know, to the postseason with the uh, Big Ten Championship and then the playoffs. Um, he really had a good, good end to his season. And I think that, both of them being back uh, is just, I mean, unbelievable for, for Michigan. Um, I, I'll at least mention, you know, with Ole Miss, I fought for them to get on this list. Um, Quinshawn Judkins just had an unreal year in the SEC, especially the SEC West as a true freshman last year when he was expected to be third fiddle to Zach Evans, the all-everything recruit at one point in time, and then Ulysses Bentley, the fourth, who is still on campus and part of this room, um, both of those guys were supposed to be ahead of him. He had 1600 yards and like 20 touchdowns. It was a bunch. So he's, he's back. He's going to be the lead dog there. I think Ulysses Bentley's finally healthy. He was not healthy last year. Uh, he had multiple thousand yard years for SMU. So him being a backup, I think is very solid. And then, I mean, 
really the recent development, Jemias Griffin transferring in from Oregon State. I think a guy who's been a starter at two Power Five schools coming in to be the third guy at Ole Miss, I think that's a big deal. I think that backfield is a big deal. So um, I fought for them to get them on this list at three. I think you could argue a lot of rooms in the country, but um, that's my reason for getting them on. Love it. Let's go to say pass catchers, wide receiver slash tight end. So the pass catching room. Um <laughs> one is Ohio State, surprise. Uh two, Georgia, three, Texas. So Ohio State, obviously, I mean, highlighted by Marvin Harrison Jr., who I think is a top three player in the country. Um at any position, Amike Ibuka. I mean, there's six deep wide receiver that I think could start anywhere else in the country. Um we go to Georgia. Georgia has the deepest wide receiver room that they've had under Kirby Smart, but obviously, I mean, the highlight there is Brock Bowers. He's in the best tight end in the country. The two years he's played, he's back. The, the tight end room at Georgia is unique, and we, we talked about, like, do we do tight end room? But Georgia's kind of a unique situation where they're really the only school in the country that is four deep at tight end. So, uh, you know, obviously that that bumps them up in this category, and then Man, Texas. Texas, kind of deep at both. I mean, you, you bring over an A.D. Mitchell from Georgia. You've got Xavier Worthy as your as your one. Um, Jordan Whittington. You've got Isaiah Nayer back from injury. Jontae Cook's a five-star freshman. So, dude, they're deep. That, that you know, Sark said this is the best he feels about a wide receiver room since that 2019 Alabama room that he had, which included Jerry Judy, um, Jalen Waddell, Henry Ruggs, Devonta Smith. So, that's some that's some high praise going from Sark, considering that's who he's coached before. So, uh, Daniel, what are your thoughts? Yeah, no arguments here. Obviously, we we're when we we're putting this list together, both of you just said, "Okay, Ohio State," and just like we don't have to even argue. Um, but you know, really, when you look at it, it's like they have three developed starters that are going to give everybody just trouble all year, and then they've got some developed talent that they've already, you know, had in the program behind them. And then they've got three elite freshmen that they just brought in, you know, led by obviously Carnell Tate. I think that that group, I mean, it's special in that what have they just been doing with Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, and all, all the, you know, Jackson Smith and Jig, but all these guys that just came through that just came through, they've obviously had a long history of great receivers at Ohio state. But I think this room is going to rival those rooms that they've had in the past and maybe even be better. So um, yeah, that's just, it's just special. Obviously we touched on Georgia with, with the, you know, really tight end does a lot of the heavy lifting because of how elite Brock Bowers is. Um, that being said, this receiver room is special uh, when you look at, you know, bringing the likes of Dom Lovett as a transfer from Missouri, Ra Ra Thomas from Mississippi State. Uh, add to it already, you know, Lad McConkey, who is, you know, I think a super high floor guy uh, when you're talking about receivers in the SEC. Um, and then, you know, they take the top off the defense, you know, Arian Smith. That group is just, they all do something different, which is just, you know, it's going to be special to watch at Georgia this year. Um, and then, yeah, Texas, I mean, this is it's, – it's going to be such a deep room at quarterback and receiver, so we're just going to be all eyes on Texas and that, you know, 
that passing game. We're going to really see, you know, what they're made of as the season goes, goes along. Love it. Let's go to the offensive line. Boring again, Daniel. Uh, we've got Georgia one, Michigan two, Texas three. Um, Georgia, you and I think, should have won the Jim Moore Award the last two seasons over Michigan. Um, they're unique in that, I mean, they're, I mean, they're eight deep. Offensive line, which not many teams can say. Michigan once again kind of plucked the best offensive line transfers transfers out of the portal. They're only going to plug and play with three returning starters. So I mean, they won the Jim Moore Award. They're not a bad offensive line. We just think they're going to be second best in the country. Um, They've been just mushing people the past two seasons. They've been unbelievable on the offensive line. Um, And three Texas, you know Texas. We talked about, dude. They started four freshmen last year. Those guys are sophomores now. That, that freshman class they brought in was like the highest rated offensive line class in one class like in the last decade. So, I mean, those guys are special um, thoughts on the offensive line. Yeah, I think with, uh, you know, Georgia, they've had a – like we've we've said, that them and Michigan kind of gone back and forth in the past couple of years and uh, especially last year felt like Georgia did get slighted a little bit year before. I mean, hindsight's 2020. I think that, you know, Michigan deserved it towards the end of the year. You felt like, especially after Georgia and Michigan played that Georgia may have deserved it. But again, last year I felt like Georgia really did deserve that, that Joe Moore award this year, bringing back obviously center Cedric Van Pran being the, the leader of that offensive line, um, he's going to be up for a lot of the awards like Remington and Outland, all those. Um, it's funny because they lose three starters on the offensive line last year, and somehow they have four returning starters just because they rotate guys, they played guys in the past. And so uh, Georgia just looks strong every year. Michigan, like you said, really with already what they had coming back and then adding quality transfers, best transfer offensive lineman out there, Ladarius uh, Henderson. Um, I think they're going to just kind of pick right up where they left off. Um, Texas, like you mentioned, they've been young last year, being able to kind of grow together. Um, I mean, this offense is going to be scary. And, you know, these kinds of episodes are great for us because it's kind of – it's not necessarily about this guy or that guy. It's about, you know – it's more about the team, but you're just talking unit-wise. You can kind of get a feel for how this season is supposed to go based on hearing all of these similar names as we're throwing out there. Um, you know, we're only talking about the elite ones. There's obviously several good ones that can mold into a better team, but, you know, a lot of usual suspects um, right now as we go through um, at least each position group, there's several teams that really have a lot coming back or really have stacked a lot of talent in certain rooms. So uh, definitely going to be fun to watch kind of how this plays out over the course of the season. 100%. Can't wait. (laughs) Well, we will be back next week to, hey, let's finally make some some national picks. So we'll pick our our conference winners. We will pick our, our Heisman Trophy winner, Coach of the Year, our New Year's Six Bowls, who's going to play in those? Our college football playoff and our national championship picks. We'll have that next week. So, hey, 
spoiler alert, maybe some teams we mentioned tonight are going to be in that conversation because they have the best units in the country. Uh, that's typically, that's typically how it goes, right? Well, you can, uh, you can follow the podcast on social media, on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at the extra point pod. You can follow him on Twitter at deep South Daniel. Follow me on Twitter at Jacob Carnes with a K that'll do it for this edition of the extra point. He is Daniel. I am Jacob. 